I was pointing to our first uh, scripture for, for today. Luke 12, 34 says that where your treasure is, your heart will also be. That makes sense. Where we put our time and energy and our effort, that's where our heart will go also. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we know we need to lean on God for how to handle our money. And here are just a couple biblical foundations for managing our money God's way. The first is to give God, give back to God first. The world tells us to spend on ourselves. It's okay. But God asks us to give him 10% off of the top. The very first thing we should do is budget and plan and give back to God. God is generous. He is so generous with us, and it's amazing. He only asks us, or he allows us to keep 90% of what he gives us. That's incredible. Um, as we move into a couple more scriptures, we have Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, where it tells us, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And in Malachi, God actually asked us to test him on this. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So we, we need to realize that everything we have comes from God. He is generous. He allows us to keep it, keep 90% of it. And since we're created in God's image, we're also made to be generous. But generosity doesn't happen accidentally. It has to be intentional. It has to be something that we budget for, plan for, and prioritize in our lives. Um, people, often you hear people say, oh, someday. They get into the someday thinking. Someday when I get a promotion, someday when my kids move out of the house, someday when I win that mega million, then I'll be able to spend and, and share generously. But that's not what God tells us to do. He says to put him first. So I challenge us to flip that thinking and um, make, make giving to God our priority in our budgeting. Another biblical foundation for our money management is to save and be content. Now, this is very countercultural. We know marketing, social media, everywhere we turn, it's basically reinforced that we should get what we want now because we deserve it. That's not what God says, though. He says that we should save and plan ahead so then we can enjoy our savings and our money management. Uh, back to Proverbs. We have Proverbs 21.20. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools, fools gulp theirs down. And in Proverbs 13.22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. And then in Philippians, Paul, who has been through probably more struggles and, and dire straits than most of us will encounter in life, helps us remember to be content. 
Chapter 4, verse 11 through 13 says, Now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now that's very different than how most Americans live. Um, just amazing stats. If you look at where we are in our country today, 39% of Americans don't have enough money saved for a $400 emergency. Now think about that. That's a couple tires for your car, a trip to the doctor, or a new washing machine. And most, almost half of Americans don't have savings to cover that. Uh, more, in the, more than half of the households can't live without missing more than one paycheck. And 2020, if nothing else, has proven that we are not in control, that things happen. Um, but when we save and are content with what we have, we can help put ourselves in a place where we can weather those storms that come up. It just shows us that a lot of Americans prioritize the present and the now over the future. I'm not saying not to spend money. It's okay to spend money. God wants us to enjoy life, but he also wants to be responsible with the resources he's given us. The third um, biblical foundation that we need to remember is spend less than you make. Now, that sounds pretty obvious, <laughs> but if you look at where our country is today, not many of us do that. The world tells us that debt is good, um, that we need debt. We can't survive without a credit history. But God says that's not, not the way to go. Back in Proverbs again, chapter 22, verse 7, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. In Romans, we're reminded the only debt we should have is to love one another. It says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. So the idea that we need debt is ingrained in us. But really, we don't need debt. The only reason our country needs to be in debt, individuals and families, is to support those institutions that profit from it. So we really want to manage our resources well, so we are not a slave to the lender, so that we can use the things that God has given us for his glory. Now, these three principles, giving to God first, saving and being content, spending less and making more, are easy to say, but hard to do. I realize that. And we're all in different places with our finances and what God has given us. But that's why I'm so excited today to announce that we have an opportunity for each and every family in our church. We've partnered with uh, Ramsey Solutions to purchase a one-year site license to an online suite of tools called Ramsey Plus. This is going to be available to each family in our church for free this year. And there are so many tools and resources in here that can really help you learn how to be good stewards of what God has given you. So what does it mean for you? It means that you can learn how to pay off debt. You can learn how to save. You can learn how to be outrageously generous. You can learn the best ways to teach your children about money and pass those ideas on to your children's children and ultimately become very generous.
why are we doing this as a church? Well, many of us have been through um, financial peace over the last few years, and we have seen lives changed. You will be hearing testimonies from families who've been through financial peace in the coming months, and we know that it does make a difference when we intentionally follow God's ways of managing our money. So we want to empower all of you to take control of your money. To enhance all the online suite of tools, we're also going to be providing in-person cl I mean, in classes for financial peace, discussion groups, online forums, just so we can help each other on this journey to become financially free. And we're excited that it starts today. You can go to our website. If you go to communitycovenant.info, click on the Ramsey Plus tab, you'll sign up. You'll receive an email with a link to activate your account, and you can start using these tools right away. You can go home this afternoon and start enroll yourself in financial peace or enroll yourself in the Jumpstart class to figure it out. So we are really thrilled, especially in 2021, to walk alongside you, help you become free in your finances, and learn how to manage your money God's way. So I hope that you'll join us on this journey and look forward to all that we're going to learn together this year. Thank you. I hope you um, can see and perceive, understand that this is an amazing opportunity for our church. So I do hope that you'll join in. It was about five years ago that Linda and I took financial peace at another church that I was serving, and I can tell you that today we are debt-free uh, as a family, and we're, it's, it's, a, it's a huge weight off. It doesn't feel too long ago. We have four kids, and they all went to college, and they're all one grade apart, and we had one year where um, all four kids were in college, and I can't, I don't know how we made it through that year. And I had student debt as well. Uh, but we are so thrilled to be at a place in our lives where we're debt-free. I think what I'd like to do, I'd like to quickly answer three questions. You, you might know or you might not know that Community Covenant Church has a theology of stewardship. And I'd just like to cover that very quickly, and then we're going to move into a time of communion. So there's three questions I'd like to just quickly answer uh, you know, what is the essence of biblical stewardship? And some of it will be overlapping with what Barbara just shared, but I just want to be clear that as a church, we've thought about this and we have uh, a focus. The second question is, what is our calling as stewards? And then the third question, what's the difference between a tithe and an offering? So question number one, the essence of what we believe the Bible tells us about stewardship is that everything we have belongs to God. That is such an important piece of information, perspective, that it might take a while for us to really own that in our soul and believe it, see it, accept it, but to begin to say and to see that everything, everything comes from God. I remember talking to one guy one time, and he said, well, I've worked really hard to achieve my success. And then I was able to say to him, well, it, it, it was God's grace that gifted you with the ability to work hard and have that success. So even all of that other stuff comes from God as grace. Colossians 1.6, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. I looked up that phrase, all things, in the Greek. You know what it means? It does mean all things. That's, a, that's just a preacher's joke. You, you'll hear it over and over and over again. Another way to say this comes from Acts 10.36. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. And the sooner that sinks in to our soul, I think the better off we'll be. Second one, we realize that everything belongs to God. It's not a huge stretch that God calls us to be generous. Proverbs 11.24.25, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. The one who waters will himself be watered. And in the New Testament, Luke speaks of becoming generous in every aspect of our lives. 637, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The it there is generosity. God desires us to develop a generous spirit, a generous bearing that is foundational to everything that we are and everything that we do. And number three, this will be a review for most of us, but there's a difference between a tithe and an offering, and Barbara addressed this. And we believe that Malachi passage, where it talks about bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse, we would see at Community Covenant Church that that storehouse is the local church. And that that 10% should go to the local church, and everything beyond that, above that, is an offering. Uh, that's how we see it. And I, I do want to address people that might be online watching or maybe even here that would say, you know, I, right now I simply cannot afford to tithe. What do, what, what do I do? And here's my advice to you. Pick a percentage, might be 3%, might be 6%, it might be 8%. I do think it should be generous, I do think it should be sacrificial. All of our giving should be to the point where it causes us to have to sacrifice or get to sacrifice, however you want to see that. But wherever wherever you're at, to pick a percentage and say, I want to get to 10% one day but I'll start with three, I'll start with six, I'll start with eight, and wherever you are, just give that a start. And so I don't want anybody to feel shamed about just the realistic possibility that you can't afford to do that right now. I'm going to leave the rest of that out. I'm going to skip down to the the passage from Deuteronomy. And I think uh, the New Living Bible, which I'm not a huge fan of, like other paraphrased um, editions, it's good when it's good. 
Uh, but Deuteronomy 14.23 from the Living Bible says this, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. And so I, I do think we have this incredible opportunity as a church. I would love for us to join in the fast this week and for you all to all go home and jump onto the Ramsey Plus and make this a year of tremendous change in your lives. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to switch over into communion. Thank you again, Barbara, for sharing. Uh, I th that's the first time you've been up here since I've been here, so thank you. Thank you very much for that. Let's pray together. 